welcome back to a Friday edition of 30 Rack of Sports. Uh, if you didn't listen to our Tuesday episode where we break down uh, college football, our top four going into the season, uh, sports betting in Ohio, and uh, the Hell is Real Derby and the ramifications for the rest of the season, check out our Tuesday episodes on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh Welcome to our Friday episode, where we are still enjoying our Loggerheads Brewing Company Kiltamal Scottish Style Ale, which got a nice multi taste, kind of your English ale, but a little bit uh, less alcoholic. Good, kinda. good. Uh, I know one of our signature sayings about beers is a good summer beer, good, good fall beer here. Good fall actually. beer, yeah. yeah, yeah, great fall beer. Good, good beer to kind of keep you warm, yeah. like a fall winter beer. Yeah, so. great autumnal notes. So uh, moving forward, as we mentioned on our Tuesday show, we're leaving football and football on Tuesday, uh, you know, giving us a chance before we ramp up for the NFL season. We're going to be talking a lot of football recently, going over uh, what has been an interesting summer for the Cavaliers, Josh. Yeah, uh, and you're you're a Cavs resident expert here, Greg, so I'm going to be throwing all these questions to you, but I'm glad... I'm glad you used a word there to describe the season because I couldn't come up with one. Interesting is about as good as I could come up with to describe maybe even a bizarre summer for the Cavs. Yeah, because I, I think even going in, you had these questions. You know, potentially was Garland or Sexton on the trading block? Neither of them were. Originally, the thought was, you know, you're going to have Cade Cunningham go one, Mobley go two. You were thinking between Jalen Green and Jalen Suggs, probably. Mobley falls to three, you pick three. And then you're in this, you know, you're in this different area where you still have your, your front court. You're figuring out, or your back court, you're figuring out a front court. You give all that money to Jared Allen. What do you do with Kevin Love? Where's Mobley going to slot in? Is he going to start, come off the bench? Where do you kind of move forward with this team? Right, and we will uh, explore all of that here in our special Friday episode. Uh, we'll start with the front court. Uh, you've kind of fortified the front court, if you will, with Jared Allen, five-year, $100 million. That's the new deal there. Uh, like you said, Evan Mobley, third round. He's owed, I believe, $21, 22000000 million over the three years. Then yeah, with the fourth-year I mean, rookie a, contract. Yeah, it's your rookie yeah. contract. You get some... Uh, you get the three years and the four-year option. Yeah, you get... I think it's two years plus a couple of uh, team options, okay. and then you get the restricted free agents. So, you know, it's it, it it's the draft. It's all team-friendly. Right. Um, and then you just had the big news with the big trade. Laurie Markkanen. Am I saying that correctly? Laurie Markkanen. Markkanen. Um, recent sign and trade with Chicago. They get Larry, uh, Larry Nance Jr. goes to Portland, and Chicago gets Derek Jones Jr. And then I believe there's a pick in there that you already but, kind of acquired from somewhere yeah, else. Yeah. So, um, so basically, the the Cavs get Laurie Markkinen, and uh, to describe kind of what we said with with the Mobley thing, after I believe it's the first four years, you become a restricted free agent, which is basically. Um, any team can offer you what's called an offer sheet. And uh, the team that controls your rights, so in that case, you know, Chicago would have 48 hours to match it. Well, what you can do in order to not get them to match it is what, you know, a sign and trade. We can give them something and basically say, I'm not going to match it. Or they would match it, but they kind of don't want to keep them and get some other, you know, stuff. Sometimes salary is a big deal. 
because if you sign and trade, you can go over the cap. There's a lot of ramifications in that area. So basically, the Cavs get Markin in. Uh, the Bulls get a player from Portland, Derek Jones Jr., a first-round pick from Portland. It's kind of some salary dump. And then a second-round pick from the Cavs through Denver. Uh, the Blazers end up getting Larry Nance Jr., uh, you know, power forward from the Cavs. Obviously, with Markinen, Mobley, Allen, Kevin Love, not a whole lot of minutes to go around in the front court. There was some maybe talk early before the picks came out. Would someone try to play the three, whether it was Mobley or Markinen or something? But this kind of gets you to the point where you have your four main front court players in Allen, Mobley, Markinen, and Love. So with those guys, though, um, you've got upwards of $140 million invested in the front court, plus $60 million that's still owed to Kevin Love over the course of the next two years. So with the recent uh, acquisition of Mark Cannon there, uh, what just straight up, does this help or hurt the Cavs and in terms of this being a rebuild, a team in rebuild? So... The one thing about the Cavs is you can say pushing forward because I think they, they're they a better team than they were last year. I think Okoro's a year older. All their younger guys are a year older. You know, even Jared Allen, I think it's only 23, 24. Like, none of these guys are very old whatsoever as far as their, you know, potential starting lineup. Uh, obviously, you have the Kevin Love black cloud. But you have a lot of young guys, and I think Markkanen fills a kind of a weak spot. And they, they've been up and down defensively, but they have Allen, who's an elite shot blocker. They have Okora, who's been much better um, you know, defensively, worried a little bit about his offensive production, but has been really good defensively taking some of those top assignments. Garland and Sexton, there's a question of whether or not they can coexist. In the front, you know, both of them ball handlers, both of them good shooters, a little bit shorter, you know, six foot and six two. You worry about some of those taller, you know, six seven, six six point guards. Right. But Markinen feel fills a good role because when you have a guy like Allen who's not gonna stray very far from the hoop, and you have Okoro who has not been shown that he can hit you know, open corner threes. Having a guy that can stretch the floor like Markinen, uh, you know, his career average, 15 points per game, uh, 48% field goal, 40% from three, 83% free throw shooting. So he's a guy that can hit four out of every 10 threes. And that's in a, you know, that's in a Chicago team that's been in flux for a number of years. Sure. So it's not like, you know, it wasn't like he's going from a, you know, a great team where he's getting all these open looks because no one's, you know, he's been playing for a pretty mediocre team. So he's a great stretch shooter, which helps kind of keep out the defense, especially with the Coro coming out. Does have a lot of size, seven-footer. I mean, you know, the Finn Reaper, the finisher, as they've called him. So a guy that I think, you know, was definitely top 10, maybe a top five pick of the Bulls, you know, a, a few years ago. So certainly has that potential. And I think is a guy that, you know, he's even said he's willing to look to, to Kevin Love for some help because I think he does have some Kevin Love in his game, maybe needs some more 
physicality, a little bit more passing, but does have the shooting, the stretch ability, does have some nice post moves. Offensively, he is a plus offensive player, which is always a good thing to have in the NBA at this point, where it's so offensive heavily driven, especially from the three-point line. So you've got, as you mentioned, we've got Allen, Mobley, Markinen, and Kevin Love. So... Where, I mean, $60 million over the next two years, per ESPN, Love would rather be traded than bought out and isn't really interested in a buyout at all. Apparently, there have not really been any talks of a buyout. Yeah, Saturday, uh, Adrian Wojnarowski from ESPN said Kevin Love, via his agent, said Kevin Love is uninterested in a buyout with Cleveland, is willing to discuss trades. Um. And it sounds like the Cavs have reached out periodically about trades, but nothing's really come to fruition there. What what do you what do you do with this? I mean, you you look at the the three they have there and that investment in Allen Mobley and Markin and, and you're talking about how you're in rebuild right now and you don't have any suitors for a trade. So when you have that rebuilt front court and that investment, what, what do you do with this 30 year two-year-old that doesn't really want to play for you but yeah well you can't buy him out yeah i think it i think it's a diff obviously difficult situation you've seen him kind of tank his value uh you know with some of the stuff in cleveland last year some of the uninterest uh the olympics did not help him coming in kind of out of shape kind of leaving the olympic team um you know looking at kevin love uh, during the LeBron era, the four years he was here with LeBron, he played in 83% of his games. 83% of the, the possible. This is just regular season. Since LeBron has left, in the three seasons since, he's played in 47% of the games. And that's including one 1920 where he only missed nine games. So he's basically played 25% of the games Bron's first year in L.A. and this most recent year. The one thing that I will say from Kevin Love is during the LeBron era, 17 points on 13 shots, 10 rebounds, 2 assists, 43, 38, 84 shooting. Post-LeBron era, though about a third of the games, 16 points on 12 shots, 9.5 rebounds, 3 assists, 43, 37, 87 shooting. So almost identical numbers. You know, a slight dip in points, one less shot. So has shown to be productive. And I think the Cavs are hopefully moving towards, you know, it's a slow rebuild. You're in a you're in a small market. You don't have that Miami, you know, cachet or that LA cachet where you can kind of get those people. It's going to be a slow rebuild. Having a guy there that can help. The only issue is one getting him to accept his role. Because I think the one thing that you have to realize is during LeBron era, Kevin Love was a two time All Star. If you can get him coming off the bench and contributing, that's a, no one's going to expect the Cavs to go all the way this year. But that's solid depth right there. Solid depth and maybe late in the year, maybe next year, one year $30 million is one year for a team. Right. Is one year for a right. team looking for an extra piece. It's not a big investment. Worst case... They can, you know, wave and, and stretch the salary over a couple of years. The Cavs aren't competing until they get one, 
some more consistent play out of all their top players and two, some more depth and veteran presence. You know, they got Ricky Rubio, who I think is an excellent, excellent pickup. He's a professional point guard. You saw him in the FIBA, you know, in the Olympics, absolutely killing it. Provide some comfort for Kevin Love, maybe in a second unit. But is a guy that if he can show something, and once again, he's only 32. And I understand yeah, yeah. past his prime. But Braun is 30. You know what I mean? Like Right, yeah. I know I said I know I said 32, making it out like he's some old man. Yeah, like here, he's 38. No, yeah, no. I he's thought 32. I would have thought if if you would have asked me this morning, and I know Kevin loves career pretty well. Like I just, you know, I wasn't I was thinking 35, 36. Guy turns 33 mm. in two weeks. Yeah. Still a lot of game left, especially the way he plays now, with the way he's transformed his game from the big you know, bruiser taking 19 shots in Minnesota to what he is now. He can still be a contributor, but he just has to show it. And I think if he can get some minutes and he can buy in and he can play a little bit well, you know, play a little bit and play well, he could be on the trading block as early as this year, maybe next offseason. And maybe a team like, you know, kind of a team that's been stuck in that 4-5 seed, bleh, like a Philly or like a yeah, Portland right. or like a Miami will pick up a guy. He needs and go, that one depth piece. Hey, he's a depth piece. You know, hey, he, he spaces you the floor to, for Ben the Simmons. The you need that depth piece to bump you over that four yeah, or five edge. And maybe it's just a second round pick. Maybe it's nothing. But if you get that salary off, having $30 million to sign, you know, a veteran shooting guard, a veteran power forward, that helps a team so much, especially a young team like this, where your veterans are, you know, you look right now, their starters are Garland, Sexton, who are like, you know, Okoro, Markinen, and Allen. I think all are younger than 25. Coming off the bench, you have, you know, Mobley, Osman. Dotson, Windler, who are all under 25. And then you have Love and Rubio, who are 30-year-old veterans. And then a bunch of, you know, 20-something-year-olds that are kind of on the edge of a roster. You have two real veteran pieces. And that's just not enough. No. Yeah. So if you can find some sort of money to even get, you know, I know they're interested in like a Danny Green and stuff like that. Like just professional players. It could at least take you to the next step where you could be a playoff contender. And I think right now... Post LeBron era in the seven non LeBron years, I think the best they finished is like a nine or, or is like a 10 seed. So having any sort of move forward and having interesting games in April and May would be a huge step forward for this team. The Cavs, I do believe, are the seventh youngest team in the NBA this year. I think there's three or four teams that average age is below 24, and the Cavs are one of a few teams whose average age is about 24 years old. Uh, so we talk about the rebuild. It's a slow rebuild. And one of those things that goes into the rebuild is your prospects that you get to see in Vegas in the summer league. And we saw some good things, some bad things, maybe some overreactions from fans as far as comparison goes. Uh, I know, you know, third overall pick, Evan Mobley. A lot of hype around there that you got that pick at three. Uh, but a lot of fans I've seen looking at 
the likes of Jalen Green, uh, Jonathan Kaminga, the seasons, uh, what they were able to do in the summer league compared to maybe what Evan Mobley, 34% from the field across three games, what he did. What what do you make of all that as as our resident Cavs fans here as we talk about the Cavs summer? What do you make about that Evan Mobley maybe not living up to the hype there as far as comparisons go to some other guys like Green and Kaminga? So the one thing I will say is Summer League is, quite honestly, Summer League. It's right. not the NBA. You're playing against a different level of Cavs competition. Cavs didn't have a whole lot of guards out there to run. Didn't have a whole lot of guards. I mean, you know, they had really the only... I mean, they had, you know, some of their end-of-the-bench guys, you know, Lamar Stevens, Broderick Thomas, you know, uh, Dean Waite, like guys that are, you know, at, at the very end of the bench. But really, they're only two regular rotation players that they had out there where they had Okoro for two games and Mobley for three games. And Okoro, I think, had, you know, 17 and 18 or 18 and 19 points, about 18 points a game. Yeah. I mean, that's more, and it was where, more tune-up for him at that point. Well, where you saw what you wanted to see. Right. You saw him being more aggressive, attacking the basket, showing a little bit more offensive prowess. We know he can defend well. And if he wasn't defending well against, you know, second-round pick from, you know, Phoenix, that was like, well, I, I know he's a good defender. I've seen him defend well against good NBA players. Evan Mobley came in as a guy who, you know, had that potential. You you saw some of the um, some of the comparisons, and maybe unfair. Put him in like that Chris Bosh, Anthony Davis area. The one thing that they said about him was elite pick and roll defense, which I think he showed very good his ability to move, ability to to switch off on guards outside the three-point line, ability to guard all positions, which is very important, especially on this team where you have some limited defenders, especially in the front court, or especially in the back court, you know, in in, in your guards. Um, Shooting-wise, he's a guy that wasn't really asked to, you know, wasn't really asked to move outside the three-point line. Shot more threes than you would see. Still working on three balls. Still working on kind of that jump shot. It's a work in progress. The ball looks good, which is important. Because everybody goes through bad shooting days, especially when you're when you're working yourself up. Oh, I've so I'm had not, plenty of them myself. I'm not as worried about that. I liked the defense, and I honestly liked... There were a couple... You know, he had like five assists a couple times. Like, he moves the ball very well. He rebounds the ball very well. And I think... Sometimes a guy gets hot and puts up 30 in a couple games, and you go, he's amazing. Kuminga. I said it before the draft. I really like Jonathan Kuminga. Very raw talent. Very, very raw talent. And you can see it against players. He can show off that stuff, but then when he gets against, you know, when Kevin Durant or Giannis is, he's going to really struggle because he doesn't have that refined game like some of those guys. And I feel like, Mobley has a simpler game, but has a more refined game, and is trying to kind of. You a could process. see him kind of trying to push his limits a little bit more than just show off the couple things he could do. Right. So I was impressed by Mobley, 
And the other thing that I think about some of those greens and sugs is I saw some of the stuff that they could do, and I didn't really see it as anything like defensively <laughs> meh. It's like we already have those guys. Right, right. So having another guy, especially a guy at, at power forward, if Mobley can finish there, if he could stretch the floor, pass the ball, and rebound well, this team could be tough to rebound against tough to guard and could be a very very good t- and difficult to get on the inside with two elite shot blockers and him and jared allen yeah and when you talk about i was going to ask you if it's any of his worries get canceled out by isaac okoro's great uh summer i mean he did only have the two games but a lot of people have noted that he did create more assists and was stronger going to the rim and everything and like you said he's proven his defensive ability so adding more pieces to that offense, I think, will just be better for the depth uh, offensively for the Cavs, which leads me to some maybe less notable guys, like you said, maybe guys towards the ends of the bench. Uh, a couple of Trayvons in here I think we deservedly should talk about. Uh, Trayvon blew it. Uh, I mean, a decent summer, I'd say. I yeah. Mean, uh, 40% from the arc. And I know uh, Markin will probably help a lot from this, but, I mean, you're looking for depth on the wing. I know he's not a true forward, I don't think, but blew it. I mean, if yeah, he's a, he's kind of your your power 40%, forward. Forty percent from the three point on thirty two attempts over the summer league. You know, if if that can be like you said, sometimes all you need is you know a guy off the bench that can you know drop the dozen or fifteen on a hot night. Uh, can can blew it earn that spot on? I know you know I those decisions are coming up. Is he one of those guys that's bubble for you, or is he on? Uh, you know, sometimes you get those summer league guys get, get kind of signed different places, but I think, you know, Blewett certainly has a spot, you know, he's 26, so he's a little bit older, you know, 2018 draft guy, but he's a guy that has good size, not as big of weight, but could be a guy that, you know, on a second team has kind of been there, done that. Like he's been a guy that's been able to score, you know, he's a Xavier guy, so we saw enough of him. Yeah. He's a guy that can get buckets, and sometimes that's what you need. You know, you look at some of the guys that we have on the end of the uh, on the end of the route. You know, Lamar Stevens, you know, twenty four year old, Damian Dotson from Houston, a twenty seven year old. If you can score the rock, like I don't see why you know Dylan Windler would have anything on you, or Lamar Stevens would have anything on you. Like certainly a guy that can, you know, play the position and score. Definitely, and then, um, yeah, uh, a guy that I, I think they would be uh, somewhat familiar with each other going across the way in Cincinnati to a former Bearcat, Trayvon Scott, getting in there for the Cavs this summer and might might be far off there to include him uh, uh, for roster plans, but a decent summer from the former Bearcat. Yeah, I, I, I mean, one of his games, he had an absolute, you know, had an absolute just baller of a game in in their last game i think it was against phoenix but is a guy that that has shown some things i think he's still a little bit raw he's a little bit small for you know he's a little bit slow for that small forward a little bit small for that power forward area is a guy that if he could figure out a little bit more on the offensive end and maybe get you know a little bit quicker. He's a long guy. He passes the ball well. If he could figure out his shooting stroke, I think he definitely has the 
possibility to kind of be an end of a roster guy, whether it's in Cleveland or somewhere else. Right. Yeah, certainly a lot of uh, young talent showcased this summer for not only the Cavs, but uh, the entire NBA out there in Las Vegas. Uh, Greg, as we wrap up here, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of big things happening in Cleveland this this season. And it's been like you said, an interesting an interesting off season with some of the excitement of the young guys in the off season, what some fans consider a disappointment or worrisome things in the off in the summer league. And then with some off season acquisitions and as you described the dark cloud of Kevin Love, can you give me one word other than interesting to describe how you feel about the Cavs right now after this summer? You know, I, I think it would be, um, the thing that would be remiss of me to say, you know, I'm, I'm excited for a team that's going to take a step forward or I'm disappointed that they didn't make all these moves that, you know, were, were, were illogical to make. I think they made some moves that I liked. I wish maybe they would have made some, you know, some moves like, you know, I wish they probably could have gotten off of Kevin Love, had a little bit more flexibility. But I would say I'm hopeful, you know, for improvement. I think the one issue that the Cavs have had the last couple of years, and you look at them last year, you know, they, they were around 500 for the first 20 games, kind of fell off, had some injuries. Had that kind of streak there through December, January. Yeah, yeah. Where where they were playing well, you know, they've shown that they can compete. I, I'm hopeful that they can at least put a season together where where I'm interested because, you know, the last number of seasons last year, you know, the last couple months I kind of checked out. You know, the year before I kind of checked out. Some of the pre LeBron years, you know, until, I mean, you know, until the last year or two with the Kyrie years. I'd kind of checked out mostly, you know, pretty early because they've been a pretty bad team. You know, they were projected to be one of the worst teams in the league the last year, and they didn't finish that high up, but they still weren't a great team. So you look at them coming in this year, you know, 26 and a half wins, 28, you know, 27 or so wins is what they're projected at. I would probably take the over. I think they can be a 35-win team. I don't think they're a playoff team yet. I still think they're a year away. Maybe figure out something with the backcourt. Get Kevin Love off. Get a little bit more veterans. But I at least see some visions of, hey, we're trying to work with what we have and make it into a better roster. There's definitely some groundwork being laid here. Yeah, not just... Let's try to get some good players and kind of figure it out like they did last time. Yeah. 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 So they're at least trying to put together a team, try to fix some of their weaknesses, and I appreciate it. I will say, just as a casual fan, I mean, there is a noticeable difference to this rebuild than rebuilds or, you know, off teams of the past where you kind of, like you said, please LeBron come get back some, yeah. yeah you get some guys maybe throw them around LeBron roll the dice and see what happens it seems like you got some actual groundwork here you had some depth and develop some pieces and you could you could have a good team here in Cleveland uh speaking of in Cleveland folks the season opens not in Cleveland in Memphis the Cavs on the road to face this, the Grizzlies on October 20th uh, but some other fun stuff, some major fun stuff happening in Cleveland this year. Uh, 
New Year's Eve game. That's that's of note. I don't think there's been a New Year's Eve game in Cleveland since 2013 or 2014. At uh, the Rock. Yeah, so uh, Cavs will host the Hawks on New Year's Eve. And then fresh off a of Brown Super Bowl, folks. February be big month up uh, by the lake. Uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers will host the 2022 NBA All-Star Game on February 20th at The Rock. The Rock. The Mortgage Fieldhouse. So, hopeful, says our resident fan, Greg. Uh, you know, I'm hopeful, too. I, and, and I would take that uh, that overbet there, third, looking at uh, 30 teams. What would you say, 26 and a half wins? 20, 28 and a half. Ah, see, yeah, I'd take that. I'd, I'd say 30 that. wins. 30 yeah, wins. I would take that. So let us know over under 28 and a half wins for the Cavaliers going into the next season. Uh, Josh, any final thoughts on this Cavs team or just on 30 rack in general? You know, I think the Cavs are honestly one of the fun teams to watch right now in the state of Ohio. Even if you are a casual Ohio sports fan and not a diehard Cavs fan like myself, they got a lot of young, talented pieces there. And if they can hang on to those and develop those, like you say, I mean, they really, I, they have the makings to compete. It's just take some time and actually develop it. Actually hang on to this. Don't go, don't go for the stupid NBA. Like, let's just get this superstar and see what we can throw around him and see if it works. I like what the Cavs are doing right now. It's just going to take time. Yeah, you've got a point guard that's been shown, you know, even on the national team stage in, in Garland to show that he's he can play. Uh, Sexton, you know, put up 40 against a Brooklyn Nets team that, you know, is one of the yeah. most talented teams in the league. Uh, Markin and a guy that shoots the ball very well. Allen, a, a, a bright young star. You know, Coro develops, Mobley develops, and hey, maybe you got a playoff team. And then at that point, once you get a playoff team, maybe you can develop someone into a superstar or find another yeah, piece that's and, and when move you, forward. That's when you, you roll the dice on another piece there. But let's not try and roll the dice now and build around that. Keep with what you're doing, the development and the slow rebuild, and we'll get there when we get there. It's coming home in 2046. 2046, baby! All right, Josh. Well, th- thank you guys for listening to another edition of 30 Racket Sports, our Friday special. Uh, just as one bookkeeping note, we are off next week for Labor Day and the Labor Day week. Uh, enjoy that weekend. We will be back, uh, what, I guess it's Tuesday the 14th for uh, football, 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 going over the first two weeks of college football and week one of the NFL. So for Josh on the ones and twos, yep, yep. for Zach, who's not here. I stay go Cavs. I'm Greg. Thank you so much for listening to 30 Rack of Sports Beast.